welcome to day 164 of Shaped by the Word. I tried a different introduction. The staff just laughed at me, so we're back to our traditional introduction. And the aforementioned staff is here with me, Katie, David, and Matt, uh, as we continue uh, our reading through the prophets. Uh, we're in the prophet Jeremiah, and we find ourselves in a section of the book that is very stark because Israel really has reached a point of no return. Uh, judgment is inevitable. Uh, the one thing, you know, that Jeremiah is asking for, you know, more than anything else is that you humbly receive it. But you even see, you know, Jeremiah wearing down and becoming impatient with God. Israel almost repents, but they come to a place where they turn their attention and their blame toward God rather than, you know, taking full responsibility for themselves. So this is a part of what Jeremiah will tell them later in, you know, chapter, you know, 29 about going into the land and receiving God's correction, but still being a blessing and still being his people, even though you are a people under your own judgment and a people in exile. So uh, we come, you know, to uh, chapter 15. We've already heard, you know, God say to uh, Jeremiah, you know, don't plead for these people because I'm not going to listen to the judgment. You know, it is inevitable. Uh, we start 15 saying, even if Moses and Samuel showed up and pleaded for these people, and those are two of the great intercessors uh, of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. uh, I, I would not hear and listen. So we come to uh, chapter 15 as we continue our reading. Before we read, we want to hear these words and receive these words, not only as a, as a warning to Israel, but as a warning to us and as an encouragement to us. Uh, we, we look at God's judgment, and one of the things we realize as a New Testament people that it is uh, all of our sins have been judged in Christ, but that should never lead us to a place where we take you know, God's goodness and His grace for granted. Mm. So we ask the Lord to soften our hearts, to speak to our hearts, but not simply speak to our hearts, to transform our lives through His Spirit and through His grace as we read. So Katie, you mind lifting us up before we read? Sure thing. Father, would you do what Paul just said, soften our hearts, Lord? Um, we know that you can direct even a king's heart, um, just like a stream in your hand. And and so you are in complete control, and um, you have the power to soften even the hardest of hearts. And so those of us listening um, who are participating in just in meditating and reading, meditating on and reading your word today. Um, would you soften our hearts to hear your word, to receive your word and God, um, to walk in, in truth. Um, and God walk in, in this, your spirit and in the grace that you've offered us in Christ. Um, thank you that you are a just God. Thank you that you are a God who sees. And um, as you see the brokenness of this world, God, you you act and you have acted um, rightly. And we praise you for um, the righteous act of, of the spotless lamb for us. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. And Jeremiah 15. And then the Lord said to me, even if Moses and Samuel were to stand before me, my heart would not go out to this people. Send them away from my presence. Let them go. And if they ask you, where shall we go? Tell them, this is what the Lord says. Those destined for death to death. Those for the sword to the sword. Those for starvation to starvation. Those for captivity to captivity. 
I will send four kinds of destroyer against them, declares the Lord, the sword to kill, the dogs to drag away, and the birds and the wild animals to devour and destroy. I'll make them abhorrent to all the kingdoms of the earth because of what Manasseh, son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, did in Jerusalem. Who will have pity on you, Jerusalem? Who will mourn for you? Who will stop to ask how you are? You have rejected me, declares the Lord. You keep on backsliding, so I'll reach out and destroy you. I'm tired of holding back. I will winnow them like a winnowing fort, the city gates. I'll bring bereavement and destruction on my people, for they have not changed their ways. I'll make their widows more numerous than the sands of the sea. At midday, I'll bring a destroyer against the mothers of their young. Suddenly, I'll bring down on them anguish and terror. A mother of seven will grow faint and breathe her last. Her sun will set, and while it's still day, she will be disgraced and humiliated. I'll put the survivors to the sword before their enemies declare the Lord. Not at all a pretty picture. Mm-hmm. And, of course, when we see these vivid images of judgment, uh, we, we realize you know, that temporal judgment like this is not nearly as severe as this feeling of the full burden of the wrath of God that we deserve, you know, in eternal separation from Him. And, you know, these are just pictures of temporal separation and, and the ugliness, you know, that takes place within creation when we separate, you know, Creator from, you know, the, the gifts of, you know, creation. And it's really hard to read, but we know that it, it's just a type of a even deeper judgment, you know, coming uh, on those who have rejected God's grace altogether. And it's a reminder to us of the urgency of proclaiming grace, but it's also a reminder of us not to take uh, that grace, you know, uh, for granted that we have in our lives. But isn't that too, uh, that's what leads us to Jesus, especially when we read these Old Testament judgment passages and we, we see the judgment here, you know, at times we don't want to talk about it, but when we begin to talk about it and see that, you know, there is a greater judgment that comes it begins to lead us towards the one. I mean, there's a two great themes in here, and you know, just the intercession. You know, you have these great. You mentioned in the introduction that Moses and Samuel were the great intercessors, and yet the author of Hebrews tells us we have one who always lives to intercede for us. You know, Jesus being the great intercessor yeah. who now intercedes for us. Um, but then, too, when we see the sin uh, of Jerusalem, we see the judgment that's coming in verse five. Says, who will have pity on you, Jerusalem? Who will mourn for you? Who will stop and ask how you are? You know, what does Jesus do on his way to to not deliver, you know, the, the judgment of God upon the people, but to to receive it? You know, mm-hmm. stops and weeps over Jerusalem, and he sees. He didn't just ask how they are, but he sees how they are. He knows how they are. And so, what happens when it says, "I will reach out and destroy you"? Jesus says, "So I will receive the destruction that's headed to you know towards you." So uh, those themes of judgment can lead us to Christ. Um, but, they, but they're serious. Yeah, no. And of course, you know, Paul in Romans would say, you know, his kindness leads us to his repentance as well. So we really have, you know, God, uh, you know, showing us the ugliness of our sin in very vivid ways and the destruction that our sin ultimately brings on us and those around us. And then we have him showing the grace in spite of our sins. And, and both of those, you know, are intended, to, you know, to capture our attention and turn us, you know, toward God. But sometimes our hearts are so hard that we respond neither to kindness nor to judgment. Mm-hmm. And when I read these words, you know, another place we see images that are this, you know, this stark and uh, the startling uh, or even fearful you know, is the book of Revelation. But you have this constant, you know, refrain, but they would not repent. But they would not mm-hmm. repent. Yeah. 
And uh, the thing that ought to scare us most is, is, is not judgment or not even, you know, the lack of God's kindness, but a hard heart that does not hear and respond uh, to the grace of the Lord. And that's, that's what we've heard time and time again, you know, especially you know, in Jeremiah and Isaiah. You, you have ears, but you don't hear. You have eyes, but you don't see. Uh, otherwise, you would return to me and I would heal you. And this is tragic. You know, it's come to this. Only well, we see that in verse seven <clears throat> when he says, "I will bring, I will bring bereavement and destruction on my people, for they have not changed their ways." Mm-hmm. Yeah. In verse six, you have rejected me, declares the Lord. I, I was thinking about how, and we talk about this at Christ Church often about how we can kind of get hung up on, as Paul says, like the tic tacky things, the tic tacky sins, just the, the the surface sins, um, and maybe those of us who grew up in church. Um, or grew up even in the Bible Belt, not at, not necessarily in church. Just yeah. thinking sins are you know drinking and you know sleeping around and th- those things that we immediately think of as sinful. But God is pointing directly at their hearts and saying, "You have rejected me. That is that is your sin. Yeah. That is your great sin. Your heart is far from me because you have turned away from your God." Um, and I just it's so interesting the chapter yesterday. We didn't mention this specific verse, but they are like begging God to hold his end of the covenant. Do not break your covenant. And of course, they have long ago broken their end of the covenant, but they're depending on on the Lord um, keeping his end of the bargain, you know, because and and we are too. I mean, truly, if we really think about it, we our hearts are far from him and we are desperate for the Lord to keep his end of the covenant. And of course he has, and he's given us a new covenant. And now I'm just getting excited y'all. So stop me when you want to, but it can never happen. <laughs> but well, it's just, yeah. And of course God has already you know, announced in, in Jeremiah, the covenant's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am, you know, divorcing you and sending you away. Mm. Uh, you know, the unfaithfulness has already broken, you know, has already broken the covenant. Now they want you know, faithfulness from God when they haven't you know, been faithful to him. And you said, right, the heart of our sin is, you know, we have, sin has symptoms and it has causes. Mm. Uh, symptoms are the, you know, the, the things that we do wrong, whether we lose our temper or lose our patience or we get greedy or, mm-hmm. you know, materialistic or those things. That, that's a symptom of sin. And the heart of sin is you know, exactly what is, you know, uh, Jeremiah puts before us. You, you've rejected God as, as your Lord and your creator, mm-hmm. as uh, you know, the one who has the right you know, to direct your life into his good graces. And we choose uh, every you know, sin we commit. The first act of sin is to dethrone God and enthrone mm-hmm. ourselves. Then we make you know, bad choices you know, for, you know, for ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we all need that, that daily, if not multiple times a day to to then receive again the lord ask him to give us a new heart which is actually given us his heart you know for for him and for as we talked about even this past sunday to, to have love for him and love for our our fellow man mm-hmm. uh, the, the the law yeah. wrapped up that we love the lord and we love our neighbor and we need him to give us that heart, which is returning to him, not just returning to religious right. things. Those are th- two things we could never do apart from his spirit to love him the way we should and, and, and to love others beyond, you know, the self-love that comes so natural, you know, for us. And, and it's so, you know, deeply, you know, so deeply destructive. You know, verse six, you've rejected me, declares the Lord. You keep on backsliding. Uh, I guess a, a more literal Hebrew is you have many turnings. Mm-hmm. Uh, you always are turning away. And uh, you may have seen this in your children at some point, you know, along the way when 
you're telling something very important they just turn their back yes. and, 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 and walk away and that's what we do we we do not hear especially when we think you know as they do the times are great you know there's no really big no big worry mm-hmm. you know God's not serious about all of this judgment stuff or disciplining us you know kind of stuff uh, you know uh, we're good mm-hmm. and uh, they're so far you know so far from good mm-hmm. those distinctions are so important because as long as we just, I mean, most of us hate the maybe the symptoms of sin, or especially the consequences that would come from sin. But unless we diagnose that the sin is the turning from God, um, you know, we won't repent of those things. We'll just we'll try to do what it. they do here. We'll try to fix it and get out the consequences yeah. of it. Mm. And, and Jeremiah will you know later say that you, you know, you sow to the wind and you reap the whirlwind. Uh, and of course, it, the consequences are always far greater than we imagine. But they're they're deep heart spiritual consequences first before there are you know temporal consequences mm-hmm. that are part of that. David, why don't you close us with a word of prayer? Yeah, let's pray. And Father, we we ask that you would give us um, give us your heart, um, help us to be quick to repent, to turn to you, um, and may we be a people who deeply. Um, love and, and serve on those around us in the hope of seeing them repent and turn to you as well. Uh, may we be a missional people joining you in uh, redeeming and, and restoring um, people and places for your glory. We pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.